Welcome to the Generation Iron Podcast, featuring the biggest names in bodybuilding, fitness, combat, and strength sports world. If you want to be a bodybuilding champion, it takes hours and hours every day of being dedicated and being passionate about it. As your boy here, Kai Green, aka Mr. Getting It Done. Yeah, Tune in to the GI exclusives on the Generation Iron Airwaves. What's up, GI Nation? This is Vlad, and we are back to the new episode of the Generation Iron Podcast. Today's guest is a frequent to the, to the Generation Iron Podcast. We did a few interviews with him, and he's always been able to share his knowledge when it comes to health, bodybuilding, and of course, variety of substances and how they affect the human body, you know. Um, he's a frequent on many different uh, bodybuilding shows, and he's an actual doctor. He runs his own practice in Greece, and he travels all over the world. He's very passionate about bodybuilding, and he has a lot of practical knowledge. Uh, he can answer all of our questions um, in detail, and he has a lot of credibility. So I'm very happy to welcome back to the show, Dr. Testosterone. Hey, George, how are you? Oh, Vlad, thanks good. for having me. Absolutely, good to see you. It's been a while. What's going on? I see your interview is very interesting. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I've been also following you, man. I enjoy Thank watching you. your stuff as well. Thanks. So how you been, man? I, last time we spoke, I think it was uh, a year ago or so, right? Yeah, exactly. It was uh, by the end of August. And uh, yeah, we spoke about supplements and uh, the first time about uh, gear. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's been crazy about the crisis now. I was uh, on vacation and uh, are you going to the Arnold or to the Olympia this year? Um, we're going to have some people over there for sure, yeah. All right, because I'll, I'll be uh, in March on, in Columbus, you know. Oh, nice. That's good. Hopefully from there yeah. we'll, we'll get a chance to uh, talk to person. Yeah, I hope so, this, uh, you know, old crisis will be end by next year. I mean, I've taken the vaccine in order to come to, to the U.S., you know to stay out of trouble, you know, because masks are unbearable. You cannot live with masks all the time, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you still have to wear it, I think, right? The, the, it depends what state. Or, I mean, I don't know how it is in Greece. How, how bad is it in Greece right now with the pandemic? Uh, well, we are we are uh, through the fourth wave, you know, so the Delta mainly that affects uh, the youth. Mm -hmm. uh, but actually 50% of uh, the over 50 are not vaccinated. This is the trouble, you know. And th so far, 13,000 people have died, non-vaccinated, of course, and only one, 70 years old, with the vaccine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you... there's, a lot of, there's a lot of prejudice, you know, about the vaccine and uh, conspiracies, blah, blah, blah. Sure. So far, uh, uh, 55 to 60% have been, have been vaccinated with the two doses. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. So it's not a good point to reach the herd immunity. We need 75, 80, you know. Sure. So you are pro-vaccine because I know a lot of people in the, in the fitness industry specifically, they they don't want to get the vaccine for different reasons. I know, man. Yeah, I know. And this was with Arnold, you know, it was a big misunderstanding. And I wrote in your page that Arnold has lost a lot of money. All he wants is to end the pandemic. Now, he was right. The point is he was very harsh saying, screw your freedom. Now, listen, when you are a part of the community, you are part of the society, you have obligations mm -hmm. and your freedom should stop where it starts the freedom of some of, of your fellow and don't harm him. So you don't have the right to contaminate and spread this disease. Otherwise, wear your mask and get, get checked. The point is, uh, can you imagine having an expo with masks unbearable? <laughs> it's ridiculous. No, so, of course. 
And it's crazy because people are, are afraid of the, of the vaccine, but not the virus itself. That is way more potent and may leave some side effects in the lung. And the other thing, they're taking tons of shit, <laughs> but they're afraid of this vaccine that has been mm -hmm. tested to the to thousands of volunteers. And so far, 1.2 billion mm -hmm. people have tried a major success. Mm -hmm. And how many passed away? 10? Yeah. The point is, we lost 4 million people non-vaccinated worldwide, you know? Mm -hmm. So the numbers pick. Yeah, no, I, I I hear what you're saying, and I think the Arnold Schwarzenegger comments were, I mean, they came off harsh, I think, but ultimately, what I think he was trying to say is basically, you have to care about other people as well. You can't just think about your yeah, own freedom. Yeah, because we next next one means a hundred thousand people, you know, right. so packed one next to the other. So, are you gonna wear a mask or wash your hands and stuff like that? Have distancing? It's unbearable. I've been to one expo in 2016. It was so packed like in a nightclub. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's interesting because I don't know. I mean, I wonder how it is in Greece because in America, the, the whole pandemic became very politicized very quickly. You know, how it is in Greece? Is it, as they are like conspiracy theories over there? Is there yeah, a d divide on a, on, a, on a virus? Yeah, people divided, you know, and uh, between the vaccinated and the vaccinated ones and the restaurants they have, there are restaurants that have, uh, they're mixed but all outdoors and the indoor restaurants with air conditioning, they, they demand a certificate. Mm -hmm. But in Greece, uh, yeah, uh, the majority of the medical community is vaccinated. The point is uh, many bodybuilders, yes, are not taking the vaccine and it's a risk for an athlete to lose the show in case he's non-symptomatic. He doesn't know, he know, he's not aware that he has a virus mm -hmm. and they tell him that you're positive, you have to stay out of the out of the airplane, you know, so it happens like with Winkler, for instance, in, you know, in uh, the Olympia, you know. Mm. But in Greece, yeah, we lost 13,000 people and, uh, you know, Mykonos, they shut yes. it off for one week. Mm. They had quarantine for one week in order for the for the cases to, to go down because they were spread out. Nobody was wearing a mask in Mykonos. You want to <laughs> go on vacation, you want to socialize, of course. but the point is they blew up with the, with the cases, you know, so they shut off the music and uh, everything turned off after midnight for a week you know but now it spreads to other islands as well Crete roads you know mm -hmm. but i guess uh, as long as there's no immunity uh, there will be fear you know and uh, i hope there will no, there will be no other variants so that even the non-vaccinated ones will will get the immunity and eventually this pandemic will end next time because usually pandemics end in three years in history you know mm -hmm. You know, guess, some, some people yeah. think that the, this this uh, coronavirus is here to stay forever, like a regular flu, and essentially uh, is going to continue. You know, every year you have to get a vaccine and continue. If like this happens, if this happens, we'll be through the window of the non-vaccinated ones, just like the other seasonal flu. Mm -hmm. The point is, COVID is not seasonal. You see, during the mm -hmm. middle of the summer with 100 degrees, mm -hmm. it still spreads, unlike the flu. So it's a different thing. Right. It's more contagious. Maybe the, the, the mortality rate is so low, 2%, but yet, do we need more deaths? And okay, yes, 70% of the Chinese uh, variant, I mean, I'm sorry, um, most of the victims of the Chinese variant were over 70. Mm -hmm. Now the Delta deals with young people that mm -hmm. can majorly spread members of the family who are not vaccinated over 50, you know? Mm -hmm. But I guess, you know, I took my vaccine because I cannot wear a mask anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of this. I want my freedom back, you know? Sure. So I may get it, but I'm sure I'm going to avoid the ICU. It doesn't mean you're bulletproof, but you have chances to survive. And 
less chances to contaminate, of course. Mm -hmm. So, so your your advice to everybody in the fitness industry: get the vaccine and basically just just go through with it. Well, if you want to socialize, I guess it's it's uh, inevitable because uh, yeah. can you wear a mask? You know, you cannot talk with this thing in, in your mouth all the time. You know, it's it's so annoying. You know, yeah, and uh, uh, I took I took off my mask even at work. You know, and uh, I'll, I'm gonna do my first shot. I was vaccinated in January and February with the mRNA uh, Pfizer. I'm going to do my booster by Christmas mm -hmm. in order to come to the next Arnold, you know, because mm -hmm. I, I want to come mask free, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, I, I believe I'm going to be it's going to be safer. Absolutely, gotcha, doctor. So uh, let's talk about uh, your opinion on the fitness industry currently, the bodybuilding fitness industry. How do you see it uh, in uh, 2021? What is your take on it? Well. Uh, uh, was the last show in Spain, Alicante? Hmm. Uh, it was a few yeah, shows. It was, it was a few shows. It was a Texas Pro. It was a Europa Pro. It was a, co it was yeah, a couple of yeah. shows. Yeah, uh, yeah. The level was uh, was not bad, but uh, there were lesser shows than last year, of course. Uh, now I was not surprised. Only Texas Pro. I expected Kuklo to win, but I was not expecting Valier to 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 compete again. You know, and take the the victory from Kuklo, even though he had already been. Uh, a champion from the from the Tampa Pro and qualified. Mm -hmm. uh, now um, I was, yeah, I was surprised by by the the death of this lady, you know, in Alicante. I heard uh, some rumors it was out of your diuretics, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, she was a mother, and uh, uh, yes, um, I was impressed by um, Valier, yes, by Labrada. Kuklo, yes, they're great athletes, and I hope Steve will win the, the Arnold Classic or get a special invitation for the Olympia, because mm -hmm. he deserves to be. I mean, to me, he's the best white American, you know, bodybuilder, and I hope uh, he'll be in the top uh, six, as it was in 2019. Mm -hmm. did, you say, um, did you say what, American bodybuilder? Yeah, I guess so. I guess he's the best pro uh, white American bodybuilder. Did you say a white American? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no color. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Why? Well, it doesn't I mean, matter. Just like the Dallas Macarba, I believe he's uh, he continues his, uh, the legacy of Dallas. You know, Dallas unfortunately passed away. Now we have Kuklo. Mm -hmm. Why? Do you, do you think? Do you think? Do you think people want to see a, a great white American bodybuilder as opposed to? Anyone? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, Heath left a great legacy. Curry, he's a great bodybuilder. But I'm just expressing this, you know, for for the sake of the. Mm -hmm. You know, he's uh, he different. So we haven't seen uh, for a long time. Uh, I think it was uh, uh, was uh, Evans and Dopani and John Sh and uh, Compton. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. but uh, Steve is very successful, and uh, he was top four uh, last uh, Arnold Classic. No, he's great. By the way, you know, you mentioned Ian. Um, Ian is becoming. I think he's becoming one of the best from the from the new school of bodybuilders. I know a lot of people always mention Nick Walker, which he's great, obviously, and you know Hunter Labrada. But I feel like Ian just kind of like he he really this year and, and last year he really kind of like you know stood yeah out. he was seventh in the Olympia in, in, right. in Florida he was very full okay very separated very big he's Canadian mm -hmm. and I guess he will he perhaps he can crack the top five I think so and I think I think he kind of overshadowed a lot of other guys you know and and he kind of did it like. A lot of well, while people were talking about the other guys. He just he came in and he really showed and proved his his worth. You know. Yeah. Well, it depends uh, who's going to compete. If uh, Heath will retire or not, 
you know, if you're going to have uh, uh, Winkler, if you're going to have uh, Kukla, if you're going to have, uh, uh, who's the other guy uh, who was, uh, of course, Hari, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, the other guy from the Netherlands, um, the Arnold champion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think about Phil Heath's performance at the 2020 Olympia, and, and do, do you feel I like he'll make a comeback? Soon. Very decent, but the point is, as, as Jay said, when, when you stay off two years from these shows, you lose this mindset. Of course, he took a lot of time to fix his uh, problem and uh, and uh, rest, of course. The point is, in the abdominal area, we, we, we saw this destruction in the erectus abdominis. And uh, it was the anatomy was not like it used to be, you know, I, I guess because of the surgeries. And uh, during the pre-judging was good, but after the, the finals were proceeding, you know, again, comparison, and then we had the same distension problem, he couldn't control, control it. Mm-hmm. So I guess Phil has to downsize in order, as I said about the bubble gut, the only treatment is to downsize, so the whole viscera will shrink, you know. And, but he, he was phenomenal in uh, the separation definition. I guess he was not as crispy as 2018, of the previous years, but hands off, hands off because he was 40 years old, 41, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it was very um, decent of him to, to be in the top three, especially with a huge Rami and runner up the former Mr. Olympia. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I feel like he's still very competitive. I mean, I feel like people still want to see him out there. You know, he still generates a lot of. Oh, but he has nothing to prove, though, you know, and it's a sure. risk if he doesn't, if he doesn't finish top three again, you know, it's going to be downhill. So he may call it a day, and he left a great legacy, you know, seven straight wins. Mm-hmm. He beats Arnold Record because Arnold had six plus one. Mm-hmm. So it's better to leave when uh, you have a good, um, when people remind, remember of you, you know, as a, as a star. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned uh, uh, diuretics and deaths and stuff like that. Um... I want to get into that for a second, but first of all, you know, when you hear, you know, a, a person dying in, a, in the fitness industry, it doesn't matter, you know, there's different, I'm sure there's different type of deaths, you know what I'm saying? But when you hear somebody dying in the bodybuilding industry or whatever, do you right away think about um, steroids and diuretics or does it cross your mind? Absolutely, this, this is a common secret, you know, we all know this and bodybuilders are gladiators, you know, they fight in this Roman arena. Mm-hmm. It's an extreme sport, it's a dangerous sport. You take your chances, you know. And uh, it's like the, the racing, you know? You don't know if you're, if you're gonna survive, you're gonna make it. So this is the name of the game, you know? But the point is, uh, John Meadows died of cardiovascular issues, you know? Uh, he had a heart attack last year, and now this year he died in his sleep from pulmonary embolism. So it was all related to clotting, thrombus, you know, and embolism and uh, coagulation issues. He was one year older than me. Uh, but now this lady died of diuretics, which is something common and they are very dangerous, as Milos also said in your show. But they can kill you in a heartbeat if you don't know what you're doing, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, so uh, it's something common that we have also other victims out of diuretics, you know? So but it's, it's a sad thing. And uh, it's been a while since we lost uh, Dallas and uh, Rich, you know? But every time we hear something of uh, this, we suspect the, the PEDs. Mm-hmm. So how does it make you feel if, if you suspect PEDs? It makes me feel sad. And uh, sometimes that uh, I have to, to express to other people that I hate us of bodybuilding that 
it happens, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, we should be aware more of, of health and prevention, you know, because it doesn't matter, I mean, uh, when you step on stage, when the lights go off, turn off, uh, this is when an athlete has to face the reality with his physician and uh, take care of his health, you know, because he, he needs longevity in order to make a next show and this is this is what he does, you know, for a living. So it's like a car, you know, you need you need to, to fix up the machine in order to to go on and uh, run miles. Mm -hmm. Now the whole talks about diuretics, right? Um, in your opinion, um, can can the pro bodybuilding the way it is today exist without the use of diuretics? Is that is that possible? Well, I've heard some amateur top uh, champions that never tried diuretics, but they, they did very well the depletion and the sodium and the potassium and the water deprivation strategies, you know. And actually diuretics are useful when your body fat is below 5%, otherwise they're wasteless. Obviously all these competitors are below 5%. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't think, you know, this film of fluid may give the first or the second place when some some uh, some athletes are tight, you know. Mm -hmm. So I guess uh, yes, when you want to have ripped glutes, you know, this is the final touch, the ripped glutes uh, to be shredded over there because the Christmas tree and the hams and the pecs are, are striated even four weeks out, you know. Mm -hmm. But the, the glutes, which is what they see from the rear, you know, and they judge the conditioning out of this. I guess uh, they're mandatory. The point is how you use them. Now, diuretics originally, they, they, they were created in order to keep the blood pressure down, right, from what I understand? Blood pressure, pulmonary hypertension, yes, actually for this, uh, edema also, you know, fluid retention. Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously, they are used in order to excrete this uh, subcutaneous fluid, actually, that uh, this film of fluid uh, messes up with the separation. You know how muscles look like an anatomic chart. So are they, are, they, are they dangerous because you can dehydrate to death or are they dangerous because yeah, your blood you pressure can, can dip can below? No, you can have severe collapses. So hypotension, uh, hypovolemia, I would say. But the other thing is the, the potassium sparing that elevate the potassium, the, the, the calcium. Mm -hmm. You know, they can give you a terrible heart arrhythmia, tachycardia, ventricular tachycardia that may turn to ventricular fibrillation with something lethal. Uh, what Benaziza had. And actually, when Momo was using Aldecton, uh, the point is you have to cooperate with the doctors when, you're, when you uh, faint. So the doctors have to ask either, either the coach or the athlete, what did you take? So you take a loop like last explosive, you took uh, spironolactone, which is uh, aldosterone inhibitor, or you, took, or you took a thiazide. Now, if you took uh, spironolactone, Aldecton, that elevates potassium and you give to the athlete potassium like he has taken last six, you kill him in a heartbeat, you know? Mm -hmm. You take him to, to, to the other side sooner. So this is what happened uh, according to Miller's to, to Momo. But anyway, if you elevate potassium a lot, this is a risky thing for heart arrhythmia. It just seems like it's, it's extremely risky to be, you know, a bodybuilder on that level. I mean, are you talking about, is it? I mean, or is it just a perception? I don't know. No, apart from diuretics that are, are instant danger, you know, and uh, they can kill you right away. You know, the PDs have long-term cardiovascular issues, liver right. issues, kidney issues, okay? So, let's say they, they harm you in the long term. 
all right? Um, but the, the hypoglycemia out of insulin also is something uh, that may kill you. You know, when, when you load with insulin, you don't have the proper amount of carbs or you OD on, on insulin, this is something horrible, you know? So the most dangerous are diuretics and then insulin if you don't know how to use it, obviously. Okay, so if you overdose on insulin or even you don't have the proper amount of carbohydrates and you need to calculate everything, you know. Mm -hmm. um, in your opinion, uh, if let's say uh, a young bodybuilder comes to you and he's conflicted about he wants to compete, you know, but he's scared of the health concerns for the future, what kind of recommendation would you give to that guy? Well, if you have the potential, you know, if you're in good shape already, you know, how many years you train, if you have this muscle maturity. If, he, if he's very enthusiastic, I tell him to do it uh, more safe, you know, so safer meaning take prevention rules, you know, don't step so much on doses. Uh, take the most out of diet and training so that you lose less gear. Always use pharmaceutical grade gear, legitimate sources. Don't make crazy combinations along with narcotics, alcohol, tobacco, you know, healthy lifestyle, perfect nutrition and prevention supplementation, you know, in order to to sustain all the side effects and afterwards, uh, you know, clear out, mm -hmm. flush the, the drugs and detox. And uh, that's it. Now, if you want to have a career, you have to take your chances, you know, mm -hmm. and always consult a physician, an open minded doctor, do your labs at least. Uh, before each cycle, you know, in order to be ready mm -hmm. to be in the green zone, not in the yellow zone, because you're going to get into the red zone. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, afterwards, always a detox. So when you detox, can you talk about a detox process? I know a lot of people don't, don't talk about it, actually. When you say detox, so basically it's after you do a cycle for a show, then you yeah. get off of everything, or how does that work? What is a detox exactly? So usually after the cycle, we do the PCT in order for our own testosterone to to, to start uh, working again because it's been suppressed obviously for months. Mm -hmm. And through the PCT, we wait. We use the the usual compounds HG and serms, and then we wait for a, uh, for quite some time in order for the labs to to be uh, uh, you know uh, fixed up. So we mainly care about the lipids, the liver, and the kidney function. And of course, the hematocrit, the, the red blood cells are to lower. So we need at least eight weeks with proper supplementation, you know, and uh, sometimes we need to use IV glutathione, you know, intramuscular, uh, oral, of course, and many other supplements in order to fix the HDL, the LDL, the liver enzymes, the kidney function, the blood pressure has to go down. Uh, we have to phlebotomize to, to blood donate in order for the hemoglobin to go down, you know and reach uh, healthier levels, you know. So I guess two months are mandatory, at least in order to uh, regulate and go back to the normal ranges. Mm -hmm. So you're saying two months is detox, and for, for those two months, they don't use any PEDs? Of course not. Now, if you want to use testosterone, it's okay. Testosterone is not toxic. Mm -hmm. And for tier three doses up to 200 to 150 milligrams. There's no problem with that. The point is, you stay. You, you gotta stay off of gear because you need to elevate LDL, HDL. I'm sorry, lower LDL, lower the, the liver enzymes, lower the creatinine, elevate the GFR. You know, mm -hmm. all this stuff that take at least one or I guess two months at least. So, when these labs are okay, then you're ready to proceed to the next cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
this is the most important and critical thing. So how, how long usually the cycle lasts? When it, when it, is it just to get ready for a show? Some people never come off, you know. Like usually some people do 12, 16 according to the diet, but... I've 12, six week, 12 to 6 weeks, you said? 6 to 12 weeks or months? 12 to 16 weeks according to the diet, but I've, I've done cycle of 22 weeks uh, for my last show, you know, the Masters. Uh, so some people never come off, you know. They just blast and cruise. But I guess uh, you cannot use orals for a long, prolonged period of time because they mess up your liver, you know, mm -hmm. your stomach. They do serious damage. And um, some people are nonstop in, in treble, for instance, you know, mm -hmm. all year round. Mm -hmm. And they look ripped, they look lean during the off-season also, you know. No, I, I talk to Dr. O'Connor a lot, right? I do a lot of interviews with him as well. So is it true, according to him, right, is it true that every cycle you do, progressively your body it's basically your health condition gets worse and worse and worse and essentially you know like after a few years you cause damage that you're not going to be able to basically just detox it depends on the damage now if you have focal segment glomerulosclerosis that will progressively harden up the the filter of the kidney the glomerulus and eventually you cannot filter up and you're going to pee urine so this comes out of blood pressure drugs that elevate blood pressure stimulants trembolone also you know, all the steroids actually elevate blood pressure and tons of protein along with creatine, non-steroid inflammatory drugs, steroid antibiotics. So this may be, yes, non-reversible and gradually going down. Now, the liver has a lot of recuperation uh, ability, you know, capacity. But the cardiovascular issues also have to be reversed because the dyslipidemia has to be reversed and can be reversed. The point is, uh, if, you, if you build a thick heart, and the, this is what actually is done, is, is done, yes, the left ventricle thickens, then uh, the amount of, the volume of blood that is being pumped to the periphery through our aorta is lesser. So the efficiency and the stroke volume is lesser. And in the long term, if you abuse GH, then we have the cardiomegaly, so in the enlargement of the heart as a whole. And then we have um, uh, heart failure issues, you know, prolonged cardiomyopathy. So the most critical thing is the cardiovascular, okay, stroke, acute myocardial infarction. And then we have the, the liver that has this ability to recuperate this uh, uh, capacity. And also kidney is very important because some bodybuilder may go to dialysis, you know, if they smoke or also if they do cocaine, they elevate blood pressure. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, now, you may uh, you may develop also liver cancer, you know, some few cases out of the, the orals, you know. So uh, it depends. Some people are able to clear out, you know, and we have some great names of Libyans that are completely healthy now and they follow HRT. While some others, uh, you know, took the chances that were not so lucky. It depends also on the genetic predisposition, on your family history, on your overall lifestyle, you know, it's multifactorial. Mm -hmm. Now, from from what you just said, I mean, you you described a lot of different health conditions, right? From that in mind, keeping that in mind, isn't it makes the most sense, right, to have a shorter career, as short career as possible in pro bodybuilding? If you actually become a pro, you want to keep your career with a short amount of span, so you can you can get off of it all that stuff and and start living healthy after that. Yeah, the point is they collect money out of this, you know, unless they cannot give seminars or be personal trainers, they can even the top names that they can get the top 10 places, they earn some money. So they also have contracts, of course, but uh, that's a living, you know? 
they're going to retire, I guess, by 40 years if they're lucky, 45. But there's also the damages in the tendons, in the in the muscles, in the connective tissue. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you may become crippled, like Ronnie, for instance. You know, he survived out of other issues, but he's he has other issues with uh, musculoskeletal injuries. You know, so it's the quality of living now that he has. Well, it's true. It's actually it's it's very difficult just to retire. I mean, they still have to uh, remain. If they want to continue being on a contract or even doing seminars, they have to be in shape, right? So it's. But you have to watch your body to see if uh, 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 the places you're taking, uh, how you look. So nobody beats Father Time. Even Dexter, 51, his last Olympia, he was not the same Dexter he was when he won Olympia 2008. Obviously, you know, he was phenomenal for a super master, but he couldn't reach his volume and his fullness when he was a 38 in his prime. Uh, so you need to take the, the measures and uh, how you look, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, walk away with dignity, you know, and self-respect. Mm -hmm. Now, um, you mentioned bad habits, right? Bad habits and obviously the less the better, I get that. But if you are a bodybuilder and you, you have some bad habits, let's say, you like to smoke, you like to drink, like what's, is any of that even permissible while you're on a cycle at all or is it going to continue just destroy everything even worse. Yeah, I tell, to my, I tell to my patients and clients when when you want to start a cycle, you have to choose between smoking and gear. You know, you cannot have two risky factors together. Mm -hmm. Also, clean food. Do not eat junk because they will clog your arteries along with the gear. All right. So don't take narcotics also because the elevated blood pressure, let's say cocaine, that has been also elevated from the stimulants in order to burn fat all the steroids. Mm -hmm. So it's a lethal combination. So. As an athlete, you need to be, uh, you know, you need to live a healthy lifestyle to give a good example to the, to the rest of the others. So take this chance and the risky factor of the gear use, but leave away smoking, junk food, uh, narcotics, you know, ethanol, alcohol, of course, you know. Mm -hmm. So these are for the lazy people, not the Olympians, let's say, or the bodybuilders. You know, you know what I want to ask you, obviously, um, a lot of people they use insulin right and then they eat actually junk food that in return right it converts into goes into muscle right they, so they, they can get away with eating junk food is that, is that accurate this is how or no? people got created when you eat uh junk and mm. shit foods you know with insulin so as milo said the bubble got created depending on what you eat on insulin you know so if you eat clean you don't create visceral fat so but obviously uh, some bodybuilders eat junk food in order to get jacked and pumped. The point is, this is not good for the visceral fat, and actually, it's not nutritious. But so, doesn't doesn't insulin doesn't insulin if, for bodybuilding doesn't insulin convert sugar into actual and it goes into muscle? Is that accurate or not? Absolutely, absolutely. But you can eat starchy carbs; they will convert to glucose eventually. But it's different uh, process and uh, metabolism, you know, the biochemistry. So it's better to eat starchy carbs, you know. Some simple carbs, but not junk, you know, not refined sugars, not trans fat, you know, they will make you look uh, messy, you know. So there are some people who didn't develop a visceral uh, fat like Milos, of course, but I guess he was uh, supreme in his diet when he was using insulin. And of course, don't abuse it, okay? Now, uh, what happens if you use insulin and drink alcohol? Because alcohol is a lot of sugar in alcohol, right? So what happens if you do yeah, that? Yeah, you're right. So alcohol may give you some uh, um, hyperglycemia that will then turn the pancreas, you know, to release insulin. Now, uh, it has some sugars, yes, alcohol, but it's not 
I don't think it's a good idea to mix these things together. You know. I was wondering what happens. What does that sugar from alcohol goes if you if you also use insulin at the same time? Yeah, I have this. Your uh, speculation goes intramuscular also. You know, so you create some intra intramuscular fat mm -hmm. that is stubborn to be burned. You know, so. Mm, I see. Uh, you know, it's a toxic uh, compound for the brain, for the liver also, you know, it makes you fat because it has seven calories, you know, yeah. per grams, like drinking oil. And actually, it blocks the antidiuretic hormone or vasopressin in your pee, so it's diuretic. You can, it can make you uh, dehydrated, you know, and it's not a cool thing. Right, right, right. What about... Now you can use a little bit of alcohol like Ronnie did in Moscow. What about marijuana use? Because I, I I know a lot of bodybuilders personally, and they they smoke. You know what I mean? They, they take yeah, they do it at night in order to chill out and, and uh, go to bed. You know, so this is common. I've been I've seen Aaron also in generation in uh, I'm sorry in Papin Iron doing this. Uh, now uh, there there are some rumors that inactive people that are using drugs may elevate the sodium and lower uh, testosterone. Uh, but it can give you hypoglycemia that make you crave, crave for sugar and for food. So it will mess up your hunger and your metabolism because I remember you remember my vacations 25 years ago as a kid. So somebody over there, a chap, uh, had some uh, pot, you know, and afterwards he was craving for some uh, donuts, you know. Mm -hmm. So it makes you hypoglycemia that wants you to go and eat some junk afterwards. But usually they do it in order to relax and chill out before mm -hmm. night. Um, in your opinion, how, how much, how, for how many years or how many cycles you have to you have to be on, or especially for testosterone use, in order for you to for your body to stop naturally producing it? This depends on the dose and the duration. Okay, but as far as I remember, when I was thirty-three, after my thirties, my testosterone was already low. That I was going on and off since I was twenty-six. Um, it depends if you do if you follow PCTs in order to restart how long you take between two cycles in order to recover, you know. Um, I actually testosterone shut off from day one, the, the the HPDA, because it's this hormone that you produce. Unlike the other steroids that suppress to a greater or a lesser degree, but not as testosterone. So when a steroid produces estrogen, like Dianabol, for instance, or Deca, or uh, um, other compounds that aromatize, is shut off. Now the DHT derivatives that do not uh, convert to estrogen, they shut to a lesser degree. Also, the adrogenic activity is a, is a factor if you suppress, or like Trembolone, Halotestin, suppress more than other drugs, and uh, also the, the Deca and the trend that elevate prolactin also is a fine negative factor. I guess uh, depends how how early you start. So if you start in your 20s, I guess by your mid 30s you're going to be toasted. Mm -hmm. And you're going to need TRD, it's going to be inevitable. I've seen low testosterone in, in, in kids, in, in young men or below 30s, which is below 50%, but it was due to stress and to other environmental reasons, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I've seen good testosterone people over 50, you know, who never took gear, of course. Mm -hmm. But I guess to bodybuilders who retire, I guess in their 40s is going to be a fact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I need your sure. if, if you're not using any steroids at all, how likely is it for you to be, become low, uh, low testosterone under 30, under 30? It's very rarely, you know. Now, if you use other drugs like opiates, uh, narcotics, of course, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of ethanol, alcohol, along with uh, marijuana, you know, mm -hmm. um, stress a lot, insomnia, 
if you are an animal party, you have cortisolemia that suppresses testosterone. Mm -hmm. We have to know testosterone is synthesized during at night, area sleep and before midnight. That's why you need to sleep at night. People who stay up out of night have low testosterone. And overtraining also elevate cortisol, you know. So you need a good lifestyle, you know. You need to be, you don't, you don't have to be vegan in order to have good testosterone, you know. So you need to eat animal fat, zinc, stuff like that, like we said in the previous episode. But it's less likely. Now, it can happen. But uh, it's rare. Interesting. So um, test boosters, right? There's a lot of them on the market, and people have opposing points of views when it comes to that. What is your uh, opinion on test boosters over the counter? Well, as a doctor, I believe in medication. So HEG, clomiphene, tamoxifen for the HPDA. You know. Now then, we can accompany some elements like zinc, as I said to the other episode, the aspartic acid, maca, fenugreek, or triple terrestis. Uh, personally, I've used all of them in combination, <laughs> and it was very slight improvement, you know. Yeah. So I, it costed me a lot of money, but uh, they were not so promising. Uh, vitamin D also, when it's low to hypogonadic men, if it elevates the steroid, uh, it can help you uh, to kick your own production. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, they're like snake oil, you know, they're very promising. I believe Father Time will will heal you, so stay out of the gear in order to recover, a healthy lifestyle, you know. But the next time you're gonna enter to the cycle, you're gonna switch off your own production, and this is the vanity thing, you know, mm -hmm. on and off. Um, what can you tell me about TRT, which is obviously, you know, TRT is, is a legal steroid you can get from a doctor if, if you're low in testosterone, right? Yeah, um, TRT is not a wave, actually, TRT is a, is a treatment to a disease that's not treated. So hypogonadism has to be diagnosed. But many people believe that it's funny to use testosterone for the rest of your life. However, if you have already production, you're going to shut it off. So this is for life, you know. You cannot get off from TRT simply because you don't produce. And even if you don't, if you produce and you want to use testosterone, you're going to suppress this. Mm -hmm. So after a while, you're going to become hypogonadic. You cannot recover. Mm -hmm. So you have to consider this is a lifetime uh, um, situation and uh, you have to be responsible of starting and simply because you cannot use it without testosterone. If you stop taking testosterone, and I've tried it for one month in order my hexamethylene to go down, I felt drained like my batteries were off. You know, not only what, when you When you took the, the shot or before? No, I, I stopped it on purpose during the first quarantine in order mm -hmm. for my hemoglobin hematocrit to go down. Mm -hmm. Besides, we're locked in at home, you know, no sex, no uh, socializing and no uh, training. So, uh, yeah, I did it on purpose. You know what? I started creating visceral fat. My insulin resistance got, went up. Mm. I had slight depression. I looked wow. flabby, of course. Yeah, so as long as you get testosterone, you're going to stop it. It's healthy as long as you do it properly. But it's not something trendy that, uh, you know, uh, we go on and off. No, it's for life. Mm -hmm. To a disease that's not curable. So you can't just get like let's say an occasional shot of testosterone. Let's say you had a bad half a year, you were you were stressed out, you feel you like you can do small cycles. These are called small cycles, mm -hmm. on and off for a prolonged period of time. You have to know that when the party is over, then you have to recover, to stand mm -hmm. on your feet, mm -hmm. to be on your own, to produce. And this is the hard part. When you use testosterone, we have the homeostasis. So the organs of the systems tell us, you give me testosterone, I'm gonna go to bed and sleep and my balls are going to shrink and not produce any more testosterone. Mm -hmm. So the thing, the problem arises when you stop using testosterone that you have to bring up your own hormones 
your own endogenous production, okay? And it takes time. It's not just pressing buttons and using HG, SERMs, and stuff like that, you know? Mm -hmm. You need also, the broad science says, as long as you are into the use, you need an equal amount of time in order to recover. No. So you can't do like a like a like a booster shot, and then your your nat natural testosterone start producing again. No way! This, this is the opposite. Mm -hmm. When you use exogenous, you shut off. The same happens with thyroid, with cortisone. So there's a balance, you know. Mm -hmm. When you use exogenous, you you block your endogenous production. Because mm -hmm. I hear a lot of anti-aging clinics, for example, right? They offer like you can just go in there, right, and they give you a shot of testosterone, right? Like I mean. They a lot give of you the, shot of right. okay, your levels go sky high, but right. after feel good. a while, two, three, or four weeks, they're going to go down. Again. Again, of course, yes. You need again to give, to give the dose, no? So these, these levels are artificial, they're, are the testosterone that you inject. They're not, they're not your own levels, you know? Mm -hmm. Your own production has been suppressed. Mm -hmm. So what's the, I mean, how do you, okay, so let's say you don't want to be on the injection for the rest of your life. How can you jumpstart your own your own testosterone again? If no, you, you can have still to take do it. If you're using some slow ester, you need to wait in order these things to clear your system. Men of take a longer period of time, unlike propionate or suspension. And after that, you need to kick the balls with HG for a brief period of time with moderate doses. And what is that, that? What is that exactly? Is that an injection also? Yeah, injection subcutaneous to the stomach. And after this, you need to follow the serums in low dose, okay? That will kick the brain, that in turn will kick the balls. So both HG and serums work for the same result, but through different pathways. And then, of course, this will take a couple of weeks. And after that, you need also a long period of time for your, for your uh, body to rest and recover, you know? So you get the stimulus and then you wait you know, until you recover. You need to take those supplements, the boosters that we said, to eat early, to do brief brief seasons of training, you know, don't overtrain. Okay, you can produce some lactate because it elevates the testosterone. You can use some creatine, you know, but you need time, of course. So and all things will be ruined as soon as you inject again. So you've mentioned that you got off TRT, right, during the quarantine in the beginning. Yeah, just for four weeks, you know, it was horrible. <laughs> so you would never do you would never do it again. No man, no, no. I, I wanted to test myself, you know, so I wanna walk the talk. Mm -hmm. And I wanna do it on purpose because I wanted my hemoglobin to go down because I was tired of phlebotomy. You know, my my, my veins were toasted. So yes, you cannot feel this drained feeling that your bodies are empty, you cannot go on, depressed, you cannot walk the stairs, you know, your your uh, midsection looks flabby, you know, your A one C goes up, you're depressed. And this creates metabolic issues afterwards, diabetes, you know, dyslipidemia, things mm -hmm. like that, like mm -hmm. with people with low testosterone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So are there any negative side effects you can think of from just getting regular TRT at a doctor? Any Anything you can develop? From yeah, that? sure. Now, the classic thing is because testosterone treats anemia, obviously, the flip side of the coin would be to have too much of blood. It doesn't happen to everybody. It happens also to bodybuilders that smoke and have sleep apnea because they choke in their sleep because they have huge neck. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is abusing of testosterone, a lot of it will perhaps slightly elevate uh, lower HDL, it depends how clean you eat, if you're predisposed, if you sleep and if you take daily cardio. Mm -hmm. You have to balance your estrogens, even though there's a wave of, of anti-aromatase inhibitors. Mm -hmm. uh, Oh, but I believe you need to balance your estrogens because elevated estrogens 
will mess up with your mood, will induce clotting, you know. There are some facts say that uh, elevated estrogens can proliferate the, the cancer cells of the prostate, so the prostatic uh, cancer is not exclusively dependent on androgens, but also estrogens. And also they can give you gynecomastic, you know, uh, when the ratio between testosterone and estrogen is messed up. Uh, also other thing is um, uh, the blood pressure, you know, and the PSA, you have to, you have to, uh, you need to start with a PSA below four, you know, because after that is a critical point of PSA and BPH, prostatic hypertrophy. But if you do it uh, under optimization and um, uh, the the guidance of a physician, then there's no problem with that. In your opinion, it's not a cycle. Yeah. In your opinion, outside of uh, diuretics, what what is the most dangerous substance um, that bodybuilders use today? Insulin, and Insulin. then stimulants. Stimulants. So clenbuterol, ephedrine, ECA stack, amphetamines, T3, T4. And what are the what are those things do exactly? What do they do? Those they elevate blood pressure. They burn fat. Effectively. They burn fat, okay, fat burner. Yeah, DMP also, but DMP is, an, is, is a poison, you know, you have to be really desperate to use this poison in order to melt your fat. But stimulants, yeah, they, they suppress appetite, they increase heart rate, adrenaline rush, they elevate blood pressure, mm -hmm. but they also, they can, give, they can give you vasoconstriction to the heart that gives you a heart attack, tachycardia, so speeding heart rate that gives you arrhythmia, and elevation of the blood pressure over here that gives you cerebral stroke. So stimulants, insulin, and diuretics. But are those things uh, are those things absolutely necessary? Not necessary, but it's a classic thing to use some clenbuterol in order to start to kicking your fat uh, oxid uh, burning. You know, obviously you have the GAs that burns fat, you have the stairs that burn fat, you have the low carb diet, you have the cardio, you have all these muscles that burn fat. You know, but some people are desperate; they want to melt fat because they're they are, they are a bit lazy. <laughs> so the they do some abuses. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I want you to explain uh, for people that, that are still trying to understand uh, bodybuilding and sex drive, right? Because I hear different things. I hear like when you when you bodybuild, you own these substances, your sex drive goes through the roof, and some people say it's actually uh, the other way around. So, from your experience, what's what, what's it's the connection both. between a supplement, you know, the PEDs and sex drive? So it's both. Initially, you have a great uh, sex drive. I mean. Uh, Great hard on, you know, your erection is great. Your free testosterone goes high to the roof. Now, then you need to manage your estrogens and your prolactin. And after a while, your own production has been shut off completely. So you need to introduce some HG in order to keep your own production from balls. Mm -hmm. So HG is a, is a libido booster through, uh, along the cycle, you know. Um, and of course, you, you can use the DHT derivatives that are able to suppress the HHBG and liberate the free testosterone, that's the one that works. But you need to, if you have sky high estradiol along with prolactin, this, this will affect your, your erection. Uh, too high prolactin can give you an orgasmia, meaning you're not able to ejaculate. And very high estradiol also can give you, uh, can affect the, the duration of your erection. Also super low estradiol, if you tank your estradiol, by the aromatase inhibitors because you want to look lean and shredded, you're going to kill your desire also for sex, you know? Mm -hmm. You say in the beginning, is that in, in the beginning of a cycle, you mean, or, or just in the beginning in of the a career? Cycle, it feels great because mm -hmm. your receptors are fresh up, suck up everything, mm -hmm. and from you go down that level, you go to sky high and you feel great. 
But after a while, there comes a problem. Mm -hmm. And the major problem arises when you stop, obviously, the gear, mm -hmm. and you need to stand on your feet by the HGZ, and that's a problem. Uh, which supplements, which which steroids are used um, the most, makes bodybuilders irritable, causes irritability? The hydrogenic ones, so Trembolone, high dose of testosterone and halotestin, which is fluoxymesterone, very endogenic ones. Okay, uh, I've experienced this and it was, it was crazy, yes, it was, you felt like hot, you know. There are other people who are very calm as a cat, you know, but along with the diet, with the stress, if some people irritate you also, you know, so uh, it depends not uh, one size for all, but usually the hydrogenic ones. It's different to use halo and anabar, for instance, you know? Mm -hmm. So how, do you, how are you supposed to suppress, suppress the feeling of ir being irritable or having a rage? Or... Excuse me? How are you supposed to suppress those feelings of irritability when you, when you are on those substances? Well, obviously you need to take stress reliefs to smoke a pot, you know, smoke a joint. <laughs> <laughs> to do some meditation. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Listen to, to classic music. I don't know, man. You, need, <laughs> you don't need to be with people that stress you out, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so it seems like, you know, honestly, the more I talk to doctors and coaches and everybody else in the industry, it seems like, honestly, it's genetics with the combination of steroids, really. Everybody will, will react differently, you know, from the results to how they feel after them, you know. Yes, indeed. Up to a certain degree, we have the malfunction, you know, the distortions. But after that, there comes a family history. You know, somebody, if his father died of a heart attack, uh, he's not blessed with great genetics, you know, to take year. Or his father had diabetes, you know, type 2. He's prominent and in order to, to have diabetes also. So growth hormone gives you diabetes, by the way. Um, it does? Growth hormone? Yeah, it gives you diabetes, yes. In the long run, yes. It elevates your blood sugar, you know, and this is why they use insulin in order to compensate this. Oh, man. So what about cancer? Um, you know, are there any connection? I know a GH can cause a tumor to grow. I know that. But what about other steroids? That, can they cause cancer? The liver cancer is the most common. You know, Andreas Munzer had already liver cancer when he competed in his last show. Uh, and there was another guy, Sean Schmidt, who died of cancer, but I'm not sure what kind of cancer it was. Uh, but yes, they can give you this and very raw, some uh, some uh, tumor in the kidneys, you know, very rare. But actually, yes, the liver cancer is the most... What about prostate? Uh, how does it affect prostate? Because... Now, prostate, now, the, the association between testosterone and prostate and cancer has been debunked, you know. Mm -hmm. Of course, the testosterone can enlarge the prostate, but this is another story. It doesn't mean an elevated prostate will... Uh, will be turned uh, cancer, but and actually, low testosterone. Uh, Mogetale says the best doctor in urology says that it has been shown that men with low testosterone develop prostate cancer. Why? Because low testosterone is linked to high estrogens. You know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So as I told you, estrogens also come to into play. But uh, I never heard of a of a bodybuilder that has to to do prostatectomy in order to avoid uh, you know the the metastasis of uh, prostate cancer. I guess the cardiovascular issues, the kidneys and the, and the liver are the most common ones. Mm -hmm. Now, um, you're coming up with a book, right? Or did you release it already? Uh, can you tell me about your book that's coming out? Or I wrote one book, of course, 2018. The second during the current 2020. It was The first was about drugs. 
uh, was the revision of the, my very first edition, 2017. And uh, after after that, I, I translated the training and the supplements with nutrition during the first quarantine. And now actually, now actually, I'm gonna stick them both to to a mega book. It's called Bible. You know, mm -hmm. it's gonna be about 450 pages, 72,000 words. Uh, I will give you a copy when we meet at the next hour, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I have some extra features over there about some quiz, you know, and uh, some Q&As that uh, common, uh, commonly being asked, you know. I believe these books are for the advanced also because of the medical information that I provide, but also for the starter in order to know um, what's the approach to bodybuilding. And uh, actually, you have to know between starting uh, being a bodybuilder, what are the risks to know, what are the chances you have to take. Because if you want to do it to the top level, it's risky and you need to have knowledge. This is the best investment you're going to have. Mm -hmm. Because no matter what foods you have, if you are in the oxygen gym or if you have into a supplement store, you need to know how to take the supplements, how to take the gear, how to train and how to eat. Mm -hmm. So knowledge is power, you know, it's the number one uh, thing a bodybuilder has to do because building a body is like science, you know, so it's like sculpting right. a physique, yeah. Now, after so, after listening to, to you talking about it, all, all these different components, right, like, you know, I know a lot of people complain about the coaches, and they say coaches, they, they, they hurt the industry, but how can you be a bodybuilder without a knowledgeable coach? I mean, to, just to know all these things, how to take them, how to use them, it's I impossible. I party in all these bodybuilders in the 80s used to tell I was the coach of myself, you know, coaches appear after the 90s, I guess. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the bodybuilders are very spoiled in order to think about what to eat, how to train. Mm -hmm. Now coaches perhaps sometimes play a role in the connections, you know, who's your coach? Mm -hmm. We're going to give you a good score, perhaps. Now there are some rumors that come into play along with your sponsors, you know. But co coaches, of course, are experienced. But uh, if somebody is not lazy and he, search, he makes his research, you know, and he's knowledgeable, he can avoid because coaches are also uh, expensive. Some people cannot afford them, you know. Sure. Um, if I was able to hire a coach, I would do that of in course. order to learn more. But after a while, when you buy this knowledge, you use it for yourself and obviously you don't need a coach, you know. Mm -hmm. So perhaps it's, it's out of insecurity sometimes. When somebody is not so confident and has a level of self-esteem to himself that I need somebody to make me. How do you feel about George Farah's recent, um, you know, recent statements he was making? Actually, in my interview with him, yeah, he's I'm basically look, he's look, he's looking back in his in his career and he's saying that a lot of things he did was wrong. You're and, and about the insulin use, you know. Right. Uh, and George had a, a great, a terrible, um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, cancer. Issue with his life yeah but uh, fortunately he's better now mm -hmm. i met him at the arnoplasty and uh, he has been through uh, i mean he has worked with top names mm -hmm. okay so rami jackson um kai green everybody I mean, kai green yes everybody. yes um and he was an olympian himself you know mm -hmm. it's good for him saying that i acknowledge my mistakes you know that he doesn't regret this, you know, that he regrets of some things that he did. Obviously, he's somebody to, to interesting to talk with, you know, he's knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe now his approach is very conservative, I think so. Perhaps mm -hmm. like the way he, when he used to be a coach. 
Well, it's completely different. I mean, he, he's 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 talking primarily about longevity and health as opposed to yes, uh, I guess because of the colonic cancer that he had, and also his wife is a doctor. So now he, as he finished with all these uh, extremities, you know, he 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 made a 180 degrees turn and he focused on longevity, you know, and well-being. Mm -hmm. um, you, you're a doctor yourself. I mean. Um, would you say your main concern is for athlete to be to go to his full potential or would you say it's basically for the athlete to have the longest life possible you know what i mean depends on the goals you know uh the the rational thing is that after you retire forget about everything and do your longevity thing you know and live the life to the fullest you know mm -hmm. enough the chances you have taken so uh you can still have a great body with all those things you took, you know, but you have to live healthy. Now, there's some other people so lean that they don't stop the gear even, even in the in the 50s. Mm. And uh, obviously, yes, they take the chances. Uh, but I don't know if they regret it after if they become sick, you know, and ill, if they have a place about it. It's a personal choice, lad. No, I agree with you, of course, it is. Um, do, you, do you think that uh, bodybuilding fans today, right, on social media are often conflicted because on one hand they want to see these mass monsters, on the other hand they always complain about, you know, they're taking too much steroids, they're on gear, you know what I mean? And, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of like 50-50, you know what I'm saying? They, they complain to each other, about each other. Yeah, you got a point on that. Now, as Arnold said, we don't want bubble guts anymore and we want the slim, tiny midsections, you know, on the classic uh, physique look, which is more mainstream. Uh, now, the other people that pay the VIP ticket, the silver and the golden ticket, in order to see the match monsters, because it's a freak show and everything involves. Supplements involved, training equipment involves, gear involved, so the, the bigger the better, you know. Right. Uh, they're always going to be fans of Big Ramy size, but they're all going to be perhaps more fans of Chris Bum's, Chris Bum's look, you know, right. because it's more, more mainstream, more healthy, more beautiful to some, even though looks are objective, you know, subjective, sorry. So I'm a fan of the hardcore, but I also love to see these classic poses of the classic physique competitors. Mm -hmm. But I guess it's a business, you know, so size matters. <laughs> I want to ask you one more thing, and that question comes up a lot, right? A lot of people are asking, you know, the common perception is that, you know, men's open bodybuilders take the most gear, and then men's physique competitors the least amount of gear. Is that accurate depending on the size, the more size, the, the more gear no, you take, or is, it, or is it deceptive? When you're a physique competitor, you cannot go away of your limit uh, weight class, you know, because mm -hmm. if you if you gain too much size in the off-season, you're going to have issues then to, as you get leaner and go to your uh, certain body weight that you have to reach, it's going to become risky, you know, so you cannot grow ex uh, dramatically during the off-season because you're going to go to the open class, obviously. Now, to the open class, I guess there's no limit, but I, I believe the genetic ones took less gear than other had, that had to step on the gear or do excessive training. Like, say, comparing Gaspar to Lee Haney, you know, uh, Lee Haney did a little bit of training and just blew up because he had supreme genetics. Uh, like Rather than Gaspar, they had to uh, train so hard in order to, to beat Lee. So, um, but it's also up to how much somebody wants to risk, you know. 
some people think that 50 pills are gonna give me the second place, so I'll take the whole bottle with 100 pills. You know, sometimes <laughs> the fine no, place no. some tricks. No, but is is it true that the like the the smaller like the not the, necessarily? I told you because uh, oh, really? actually, okay. passive physique cannot grow so much because mm -hmm. they're gonna have trouble afterwards reaching the the body limit. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the open class, some of them, uh, I guess the genetic ones, uh, they're not so willing to, to risk because they can have better levels with uh, training and uh, dieting and uh, they want to avoid the side effects you know and the risks mm -hmm. and what, what about you know uh, another myth what happens well it happens actually a lot of the old school bodybuilders like let's say from the 80s and 90s they say we took a fraction of what the guys take today would you say that's accurate or no Yes, we, we can see that from the size, from the definition, from the hardness, the separation, everything. Uh, now the, the 90s bodybuilders look look they look huge and, and they had all the yeah, but Lee Haney was the the heaviest was 250 in his last Olympia, you know, when he when he retired, and 250 now is something common, and he was also 510, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. I believe so now. They, they use more things. Now, back in the 80s, they were not using uh, insulin, IGF-1, perhaps some, some uh, growth hormone synthetic in the late 80s, after the mid-80s. Uh, but obviously, now they have more agents like MGF, IGF-1, folistatin, you know, their new games that uh, steroids are, no, are something classic now that can give you the win in the national, so you can become a beach boy, but they're not it's the basis and you cannot grow just on steroids now. You need insulin, growth hormone, insulin growth factor, mechanical growth factor, uh, folistatin, you know, myostatin inhibitor. So it's getting crazy, this sport, you know. Yeah. Same thought also, you know. <laughs> I hear you. Well, George, thank you so much for your time. It was within an hour. I really appreciate your time, man. It was always fun talking to you, man. Take it easy. Thank you, brother. Take care, man. Great talking to you. Bye-bye. Visit GenerationIron.com for even more GI exclusive content on all things bodybuilding, fitness, combat, and strength sports. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are downloaded.